Welcome to The Lonely Marketer, sponsored by Pager. My name is Glenn Southam, and this is your show for all things recruitment marketing. We share the challenges, the successes, advice, and the screw-ups from the leading marketing talent working in recruitment. And most importantly, find out what their favorite swear word is. We speak to the companies working to make marketing recruitment more effective and efficient, and to those people who have opinions that make you think about things that little bit differently. You can find me on LinkedIn, and if you want to follow the bear, then head over to thelonelymarketers.com for links to all of our social channels and to sign up for our newsletter. But now, it's time for the show. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Lonely Marketer. Today, I'm joined uh, by someone from the other side of the pond over in Austin, Texas, and it's Jake Gorgel. He's the director and the head of growth and marketing at OutScout, who are um, connected to the JCW group. Um, Jake was recommended as a guest to me by uh, Daniel Evans, who's the marketing director at JCW. Um, I think he was episode number three or four on this podcast. So we're going back a few years. So um, it's always good to get a recommendation. Um, Obviously, that means expectations are high, Jake. Uh, But um, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I look forward to it. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of uh, expectations to love to hear. So we'll see if I can uh, deliver. I think, you know, the best way to start, and it's great to have, um, you know, a different accent on the on the show away from the, the usual British accents um, that, that we get is is to just do a little bit of a, a whistle stop of your of your career to, to where you are now, really, you know, the, the companies that you work for, the experience you've gained, that, that type of marketing that you've done, I think that would be really useful to, to kick things off. Cool. Yeah. So, um, We'll kind of go back all the way to school to start out really quick. Um, I studied marketing in, in college or university, as you would probably call it, um, and um, had a quick internship in um, like advertising, traditional advertising agency. Um, I was an account manager um, there, so kind of got a good view of just that traditional advertising agency model. Um, got a little view of um, brand strategy and research, which is really interesting. Um, so I think that kind of sparked, uh, you know, initial interest in, in marketing along with my my major at the time. Um, and I, I would say my my career kind of started in a untraditional um, start in terms of a marketing sense. So um, I began in um, product and apparel merchandising with Abercrombie and Fitch. Um, I was in apparel merchandising for uh, about six years, um, and so. Um, there's a few things I'm sure we can probably touch on with, within that and um, my pivot. Um, but then after about six years, I um, had the opportunity to move into, um, I guess you would call it a more traditional product marketing role um, in the marketing team. And I was super excited just to kind of get more exposure into all the aspects of, you know, what traditional B2C marketing would kind of look like. Um, we always kind of had a joke in the, the product world that uh, the marketing team was kind of like, you know, the Wizard of Oz in, in a way where I got to finally, you know, peek behind the uh, the curtain and see what was going on in, in marketing, um, which I do feel like is kind of the case with probably a lot of companies and just not fully understanding how marketing works and its impact mm-hmm. on, you know, overall revenue and everything, which is probably a whole different conversation for another time as well. Was it very um, digit when you made that shift and looked at product marketing? Was mm-hmm. was it still, you know, without knowing the time scales of, you know, without you saying was it still very e-commerce led or was it, or was there still the balance between kind of your, your physical stores as well as website stuff at that time? Yeah. So when I moved in, it was, it was pre COVID. Um, so, I mean, we were still very focused on expanding within e-commerce and had a, a big presence on, online. 
Um, but that shift hadn't happened yet. Um, I believe, let's see, I was probably about six months in before COVID hit and then, you know, everything had changed quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I had a good experience, I guess, on the, the store and, um, digital side, but also kind of seeing, you know, just what COVID did and how quickly we had to shift into digital and kind of scrap everything, um, in terms of strategy and, um, and adjust kind of on the fly. Um, so yeah, in, in terms of, you know, next steps, um, I, I would say I've always kind of had a entrepreneurial itch that I wanted to scratch, um, if you will. So, um, in looking back and reflecting on, you know, um, uh, my kind of brief stint, I guess you could say within the marketing world at, at Abercrombie and then, um, my, my product world, um, in, in stint there, um, I think what always energized me the most is kind of helping to build and scale um, businesses, um, business units, if you want to call it that. Um, so that really kind of, I think, became something I wanted to explore. Um, and so, yeah, the stars kind of aligned when um, Gareth ended up reaching out to, to me on, on LinkedIn um, said, hey, you know, I have got a um, head of marketing position. Um, it'd be our first marketing hire. Want to help you um, or have you help us grow grow out scout. And, um, we talked a little bit, um, I had also been funny enough kind of, you know, looking around, but also getting a little frustrated with the hiring process and interviewing and finding jobs. So, um, you know, I kind of developed, I think a little bit of a passion for that process as well. And, um, uh, yeah, we yes, exactly. Um, and, you know, I think it was really refreshing just the way that, um, Gareth kind of went through the process, felt very clear, transparent. Um, I understood, you know, everything from start to finish. And um, yeah, funny enough, I feel like that was really refreshing um, and not very typical, which um, uh, kind of was one of the, the factors for me to, to join. And, and here we are. Yeah, so it sounds like they have a good good marketing and good messaging before you joined. So you're only taking it to the next level. <laughs> I suppose, look, we, we haven't really um, discussed um, kind of what outscout is, who outscout is, however we want to describe it. If I if I pull off you know the marketing message straight off of the internet and then you can you can tell us uh, what it means in in real life. Um, so, OutScout is uh, it's an online platform recruitment slash staffing service depending on where you are in the world. Um, that's purely platform led. You know, supporting technology businesses throughout the US. That that's kind of the niche. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's good. I mean, I think yeah. hopefully, you know, messaging is, is, is key. So <laughs> I'm glad it's clear. Yeah. yeah. I suppose in, just to bring that to life um, a little bit, um, what does, what does that look like, you know, day to day for, um, you know, for somebody looking for a new role in a tech business or, or equally um, companies who are looking to, to hire these people, what, what does the product, the platform the, the service um, kind of looked like from, from your perspective? Yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of give you a, a little bit more um, detail just as an overview and then kind of dive into the, okay, what does the day-to-day -day for the candidate and then the, the client look like or company? Um, so yeah, you, you mentioned it, right? We're, I would say kind of like one part traditional recruitment agency um, and one part talent matching platform and network. Um, so um, we're, we're working on building this platform and network um, as we kind of do traditional recruitment. And then as we have that all kind of built out and ready to go, um, it, it will kind of transition a little bit in terms of what the day-to-day -day looks like. Um, so I would say kind of simply put, you know, we 
connect um, technology talent with uh, growing technology companies. That's, you know, that's the, the gist of it. Um, we have five core functions, product engineering, marketing, sales, and operations. Um, so those are where we really focus. And then I would say we've got kind of a breadth of clients, but our sweet spot seems to be some of our startup clients. So like seed series A, series B. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of varies, but I would say traditionally you've got, um, you know, teams that are only hiring managers that don't have any talent function yet, or they might have a small talent function built out. Um, so we can really plug into them um, and help hire key hires they need um, pretty quickly. Um, we also help kind of augment traditional talent acquisition teams on a, on a larger scale, but um, I would say our kind of focus has been um, the startup area. So yeah, what does this look like for a candidate or a company? Um, so the nice thing with, I'll, I'll tackle the candidate side first. So let's say you're interested in looking for a job or you may even be a passive candidate, right? Um, our goal would be to get you to sign up, um, apply to the platform. Um, you go through um, a, a little application process. It's not too um, in, involved, but um, we, we try and understand, you know, just some your past experience, preferences, what you're looking for. Um, and then what that does is um, if you kind of meet some of that criteria, you're in the network. Um, and if jobs come available that um, meet some of those preferences, um, we would kind of help facilitate that, that matching process. So um, we could help kind of bring the candidate to the company. Um, and the whole goal of this is to kind of give choice, right? So, um, you know, the beauty with you know, recruitment agencies is um, we're not kind of working with just one job. We've got a multitude of jobs, hopefully, that we can give to candidates. And I think that's one of the values that we can can bring. Um, and on the, the client side or company side, they would do something kind of similar. Um, we have, um, again, certain criteria that we kind of work with for clients to make sure the the roles are, are interesting and um, would align well with, you know, the, the candidates that we bring on. Um, they build a profile. Um, and then they would get matched to candidates, so they could go into the um, the platform and see, you know, uh, let's say three really strong matches, three um, good matches, and then three we we like, we like to call it curveballs. Um, so let's say like you know strong matches like almost on spec, exactly everything you're kind of looking for. A strong match might be, um, you know, not quite, but there's a there's a couple of things um, that make up for it, right? And then the curveball might be like, okay, you know very junior, but here's a few skills they have that I think would more than make up for some of that. You should take a look. Um, so we're trying to give the client choice um, and variety as well, um, kind of obviously on spec, but also a few things that we think would be a really good match. And um, yeah, I think both sides have, have really um, appreciated that kind of choice and seeing that. Um, so yeah. Cool. I think that's a, that's a brilliant overview. I can imagine a lot of the roles, the, 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 um, the positions and the types of candidates you were describing there you know, pretty highly skilled, very well paid. I can imagine knowing what um, knowing what the market's mm-hmm. like, especially at the moment. Um, are there humans involved? Yes. So that is definitely a kind of a core point of view that um, OutScout and our, our founder has. Um, as we are building the platform, there's going to be, and we don't have it, we're not there yet. So I would say humans are 100% involved, right? Um, but the, the, the goal that we're working on building is, there will be some element of technology that can help bring those profiles to the forefront. Um, however, um, like you said, the talent is still very skilled, senior, critical, specialized, right? So 
Um, they're big, they're big we believe, decisions. Big decisions exactly, for the right. candidates, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and we believe there there needs to be some human element, and that'll always remain within within recruiting. Um, I don't think that it's right to. I don't, I don't want to say I don't think that's right, but I, I communicate that point of view um, for you know um, Gareth and, and Outscout that you you can't completely remove that. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll always keep some human element um, there. Yeah, I think that's sometimes quite well. It is refreshing to hear. I think there's there's quite a few kind of tech players in the in the staffing recruitment world who who really push the the, the point of you know you don't need recruiters you don't need humans we can do it all all ourselves and i think you know we live in a world at the moment that seems to be black or white and if you're not black or white taking a stand either way then you mm -hmm. know you're nothing but there's a there's a place for a blended approach uh, i suppose um you know you've kind of got you come under a little bit of the jcw umbrella and a couple of those brands are um you know they're pure play if you like uh, traditional in inverted commas staff in recruitment agencies are, are you do, you do you compete with kind of one another is there a friendly rivalry or not really no we actually i, I feel like we kind of all have our our own focuses and lanes um which is obviously it is nice um so i would say there there hasn't been much of a rivalry to to my knowledge at least um which um i think is obviously intentional on on, on their end right they want to build distinct separate brands that um, kind of service various um, parts of the market. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, so, you know, coming coming into your role in terms of from a marketing perspective, um, especially where you're saying there's this blend of a, of a platform as well as the consulting side and that that human side, what does what does your your role look like? Do you feel like you're still a product marketer in terms of you know pushing the platform, the features, advantages, benefits, like you do with with most, you know, intangible products, or you know, are you still on the consultant side pushing the, you know, soft skills of the consulting, the the human element, balance of both? What what does it look like for you in in your role? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, it's it's definitely um something we're kind of working through and 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 figuring out as we go. I would say um it, it's definitely a blend right um so on the product side what i would say is um i've recently been focused on a lot of the the branding making sure we feel kind of more we fit in with the technology world right um and i think that's where we kind of differentiate ourselves from traditional recruitment companies um especially in the tech space um so hopefully that's communicated when you you know go on our website see some more messaging it, it does feel a little more different more a little tech tech friendly i guess you could say um so yeah branding messaging positioning i think are, are three core things that kind of fit out under the what i would call traditional like product marketing bucket um and then yeah i think there's a little bit more of like a go-to-market approach um how we want to um empower and enable our our talent recruiters um as well as um a little bit on the sales side too in business development um so um we're kind of touching i guess i would say all three um hopefully that answers your your question yeah, in, in depth enough let me know if you have a follow-up no i think i think you know if i if i look at some people who've appeared on the show before like say those working in more traditional recruitment agencies who might be judged and i say judged in a very loose um in a loose manner 
um, on kind of like job applications, response rates on websites and things. I suppose for you, you're looking at candidate profile signups and and clients coming on board. They're the easy measurables for you, and that's mm -hmm. from and that's the benefit you get from a platform, isn't it? You you've got some easy measurables in that sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, signups is is definitely the 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 most tangible piece. I think. Um, I've talked with this a lot with our our CEO and and just kind of thinking about future go to market plays and where we want to be. Um, we're also very focused as as a brand and also again I think facilitating the um, talent partners as well in the future um, with this, but um, building a strong uh, thought leadership um, program. So um, you know that started right now with a podcast um, of our own. We've started out um, also kind of pulling in best practices um, from the talent world, as I mentioned before. Even you know with me getting going through the the hiring process, there's obviously a lot of things that um, are done differently, maybe done okay, um, but could be done a lot better, right? Um, so we're trying to like use that as a way to tease those out, um, especially within within tech. Um, and kind of um, educate and, and give those best practices to other teams who maybe don't have a full talent team built out or um, yeah, they're trying to figure out as they go, um, don't have all the time in the world. So um, that's where we really, really want to play. And as we build that up, um, kind of use that content as just helpful awareness, educational content to kind of put our brand out there. Um, so that's been a, a big focus as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a tough one, isn't it? I think the the fact that you you, you know it, it sounds like you've got that flexibility to do the the long term play. It could be it could be quite easy to throw um, you know thousands of dollars at pay pay per click or you know sign up forms, just getting numbers and numbers into your database that you can use. But ultimately, in that medium to long term you need to retain that credibility that it's a platform of of quality over quantity mm -hmm. yeah exactly and I, I, this is such an interesting conversation we could probably go off on a tangent <laughs> for as well i think that you know from um uh, just kind of observing i think like just looking at the traditional like b2b landscape right um and everything that's going on with sales and marketing i think is very similar to um recruiting you can you can draw a lot of parallels right but like you, you think of like traditional outbound sales as, you know, kind of a numbers game, right? And um, there's a lot of effort being put in for, um, you know, lower lower win rates or conversion rates. And I think you could say the same for a lot of um, efforts in, in recruiting too. So I think one of the things that's really interesting for me is how to kind of think a little bit differently and apply, a, a, a again, a thought leadership approach or, or something else where we can help educate the customer, build trust, have them come to us. Um, and then, then when they're ready to raise their hand, we can help them out. Um, and I, I know I, I, there's gotta be um, research, you know, out there that, um, kind of speaks to that, that difference there. Right. So if we can kind of find our time to, to do that versus a lot of the more traditional, I guess, recruitment tactics, if you will, um, I think we'll be in a, in a really interesting spot. And the, the nice thing again, too, with a, with a newer company, right. We, we have the flexibility a little bit that maybe not everyone does. So um, we're not reliant on, you know, Hey, this is the way we have to do this. Um, so we can explore a couple of different avenues. And I think that that's a little refreshing having that, that flexibility and freedom to do so um, since we are kind of starting from scratch. And the time, and the time as well. I think one, one point you picked up on there is so important as well. And I think that this gets lost regardless of the, kind of the 
the bucket you're putting yourself in as a, as a recruitment or, or a staffing business is, is that education piece. I think there's, there's so many buzzwords, phrases, tech platform that, that come and go all of the time. And, and we try to, we try to push it on our candidates and clients when in, when in reality, they're just not, they're just not ready for it, or they don't have the knowledge to embrace it. Um, I think the whole, you know, companies talking about even talent solutions, et cetera, et cetera, is like, I get it. We get it because we're working in the industry. But the reality is, is for 95% of your, you know, your target market, they still relate that to recruitment, rightly or wrongly, it's mm -hmm. it's recruitment. So as a case of don't try to be too clever, just put your time and effort into having the conversations and educating. I think that's that's such a big part for, for anyone listening who's, you know, trying to shift their positioning, positioning, um, trying to introduce you know, products into in terms of their um, recruitment offering and things is that you can't say this is the way you've got to go through that process of, of education to, to your audiences. to kind of dive into your, your your past experience before you joined the the recruitment staff in tech tech world however you describe it a little bit of a, <laughs> a, a combination of all three probably is um you know what what have you taken from you know a very different industry in terms of what's being sold you know clothing and stuff like that to to the world you're operating in now what you know what did you learn from that previous life that you're you know you're you're you've either implemented or you're trying to to bring in um at outscale yeah um that's a, that's a great question um so i would say there's probably a few things that kind of come top of mind um one of the things that i have really appreciated from the product world is uh we we're able to gather a very deep understanding of kind of running a business, right? Just understanding the PL, how that everything we we do impacts that. Um, I think that's very important, especially when you start thinking about um, leadership, marketing leadership, um, and just understanding all the pieces that need to be moving um, to one, drive a profitable business, um, but also um, I think communicating the impact of that to other leaders um, and making that very clear is, is a skill set that I very much appreciate now looking back. I think the, the other piece too, um, and this is probably a little more coming from just larger company to very small company, mm -hmm. right? Um, I feel like resources were, were infinite in a way, right? There's always a team to help out with, with A or um, we needed help with B really quick and we could tap into to something else. Um, that doesn't exist. And the luxury of having, you know, a, a multitude of data and the ability to plan very thoroughly, probably too thoroughly, honestly, mm -hmm. um, isn't there anymore. Right. So one of the the mantras I've, I've really tried to, uh, live by personally within 
um, OutScout and I think just small businesses, businesses in general is like, what does version one look like? Um, because I think that that's very important in terms of, you know, it encourages openness and thinking about, okay, what, what if we could do this, right? But it also encourages, I think, speed and learning as you go. And I think that's so important to kind of gain traction um, and, and iterate along the way, um, especially as a small company. So just in terms of like clarifying that version one, it'd be like the equivalent of a minimum viable product that you're you're okay with pushing out straight away rather than waiting to get to 90, 95% perfection in some cases and nothing gets done, yeah? Exactly, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example, right? The the podcast that we, we, we launched, I think, you know, we could have gone incredibly in depth and, and planned everything ahead and got all the best equipment and, and worked through this, you know, everything to, to such a, 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 a fine detail. Right. But at the end of the day, if we just didn't get started and start learning and gathering insights, I think that, um, it could have been money potentially wasted. Um, you can, you, know, blag, say, you can blag podcasts. I've been doing it for, you know, three, four years. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I think that's just one of the, the important things that I've been trying to kind of live by within within the marketing world um, again, just because I think we kind of have to. Yeah, I think it's it, it, it's a it's a very valid point in the staff and recruit in the staff and recruitment kind of ecosystem, if you like. Um, you see a lot of sameness everywhere in in the industry, whether that's online, um, the experience that that candidates and clients are having will kind of will come on to that. Um, but you know just don't be afraid to make mistakes is it uh just mm -hmm. fail, fail fast uh you men mentioned iterations and um, just i don't want to say bravery because I, I don't think it is brave to do it but you've got to kind of just start giving things a go as long as you have that willingness to to learn from them and, and develop isn't there so um i i often say it to to a lot of uh my guys is um is you know if we could just improve by you know, 1% a week on what we were doing previously, you know, end of the year, you've improved by 50%. Um, any would take, anyone, anyone would take 50% improvement year on year right. for, for anything that they're doing with it. Um, but but so, it feels yeah. so, so small and in, in minute time, right? Like it, it, yeah. it's not going to make an impact. I'm not going to do it. But like you said, I think the consistency ability to show up and, and, and do that is, is definitely key. Um, you, you mentioned a, a couple of times when you were looking to, to move roles and things, you had this experience of the hiring process. Um, I'm not sure what that balance was between kind of end clients and, and via recruitment and staffing agencies. But having had that experience and now being in this, in this world, is there, you know, especially for the marketers listening, um, you know, what what should we be doing kind of more of that you think will will have that impact you know at a, a marketing level all the way up to you know a, a strategy level at the, at the very top if you like yeah i think so it's funny when you were asking that question i immediately went back to i had this like giant excel list right of of all the companies i'd been reaching out to where i was at in the process if i heard back from them you know the, mm -hmm. the recruiting their hiring managers name contact yeah. information all of that and it's like crazy right if, if you want to kind of sounds like, like you were keeping least. better records than, uh, than some <laughs> of the agencies themselves <laughs> um yeah but i think you know obviously that that kind of points to 
um, a little bit of an issue, right? Like, I, I guess you could argue on, on both sides of that, but I do think that, I don't know, should the onus be on the person to stay that on top of it? Or should we be building a better candidate experience um, for candidates, um, both, I guess, internally, but also on the, on the recruiting end too? And um, that's, kind of, I think, one, stood up, one thing that really stood out to me um, with an out scout is just like that a candidate experience is very, very important. And, um, you know, for a marketer, I feel like there's a lot that we can do to kind of influence and help make that feel experience feel very thoughtful and intentional from, you know, engagement all the way to, even if they, if they didn't get the job, like there's, there's still something important there. Right. Um, in terms of, um, how, how that's being handled. And in terms of the, the how there, and you know, not to get too much into the OutScout product, and or, or it's up to you how much you want to kind of divulge. Is there a is there a balance here between us? You know, automating some of that communication just to keep that brand awareness, to to keep updating people, but being being very, I always feel sometimes with automation is that there's 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 levels of automation is there's automation where you're pretending to be a human and you know trying to kid whoever you're sending it to then there's automation that is quite clearly automation but they're saying it's automated but it's still giving a valuable update do you think is is that the space that marketers probably need to get into is playing a role in where are those touch points how can we add value but also you know be honest and and update especially for those in a process yeah yeah i think that's um a great a great question and I, my answer would be you know yes we're, we're actually kind of working through a lot of this um right now as as we speak just in terms of like um you know okay let's say there's a candidate that we have spoken with or one of our talent partners has spoken with um that we think would be a really good fit for outscout in our potential clients right we don't have a job for them right now, but we know they're we know they're strong. They're not really necessarily looking immediately, um, so they they would go and apply, you know, to OutScout. There needs to be some kind of you know communication and touch and staying staying in touch with them, right? And I, I do think that should be with the the talent partner. Um, but there's ways to I think help with the automation. Um, so whether that's through you know I guess um, we we use HubSpot for a lot of our um, automation work, so. You know that could be a, you know, uh, monthly or biweekly or what do you think the right cadence is? Ping to the talent partner to say, hey, like, just really CRM, right? So, um, reminder to reach out to so and so, check in, see how things are going, what's changing in their life. Um, so I think that's one of the more powerful things you can do or and let technology help you with. Um, and then just like smaller like automation type things within the the platform itself. So there's obviously some communication in terms of um, alerts and you know say hey you got a match right like I don't I don't think that needs to be done from a human right that can be done through um, an automated response and nor do I, nor do I expect expect a um, can't think that needs to always come from from a human but that could be I don't know we could I guess debate that too um, yeah. but I think that that's where the balance probably lies and. I don't think we've got it figured out, right? We, there's a lot of work we still kind of need to do, but I think that that's definitely uh, an area to um, explore and, and and think through. And it and it all links together, doesn't it? You've you've mentioned focusing on on areas of of content, you know, thought leadership podcasts, 
and the like and you know drop in where relevant useful insight opinions knowledge um, resources into any of these processes just continues to to add value it doesn't always have to be purely about the sell uh, whether that's on the job or the or the client side so it, you know if you're you have to think of everything as a joined joined up approach don't you so um otherwise uh, you know the experience is everything in one it's not just the experience of when you're looking for a job or when you're mm -hmm. hiring um you know the ultimate goal is to to make yourself your company the people who work for your company a destination for for whatever you know niche you're operating in ultimately yeah completely agree um fascinating really well, i think what what you know your early days uh, at outscout um getting a lot of processes in place it, it feels like you know what the um the ultimate uh goal is but from from kind of a, a personal and a professional point of view what what do you think the you know the the next couple of years looks like you know for for both outscout the platform and and how and how you see probably your role, position, responsibilities, um, you know, moving forward? Yeah, uh, great, great questions. Um, thinking about these these a lot. <laughs> um, so I would say from a outscout and platform standpoint, right? So we are have been building this platform and trying to make the experience be in a spot where we can, you know, start utilizing it constantly. Um, I'd say we're, we're finally there. So it's now like, how are we, creating a good onboarding experience for our clients, making sure they understand how to use the platform, its benefits, um, and the same thing for the candidates too. Um, so I think that's kind of like the, the next step in current and process. Um, I think further looking from there, it's going to be like, okay, how are we actually building this like technology AI, if you want to call it that, um, to help facilitate matching for the talent team. And then I, I would say for looking from there is going to be like, all right, now we can start kind of facilitating a, a shift, I think, in what you might imagine a traditional recruiter's responsibilities would be, right? So they, they are truly more of um, matchmakers, if you will, I guess, right? So um, they're going to be there um, to help the clients out, consult with them, um, help them understand, you know, there's obviously a lot of market knowledge that, that the teams would have. Um, um, understand, you know, where they should be comp wise, um, what to expect in terms of like skill sets they can get, what, what skill sets we have. Um, I think there'll always be like, uh, you know, niche roles that we would have to kind of do traditional recruitment for if they're not, you know, the net, it's not within the, the OutScout network, if you will. Um, but I think that's the kind of direction that the, the platform will kind of take on, um, at least in my conversations with our, with our CEO. And then from a marketing standpoint, um, you know, I think the, the goal and hope is to kind of help continue to build out the team is where we're needed. Right. So, um, as I mentioned, we're kind of probably a little more heavily focused on, on content right now. Um, but what I'm really curious about doing is finding ways to make sure that we can get that content in front of the right people and deliver value, um, consistently, um, so that, you know, I think you kind of mentioned this before, maybe, maybe we, maybe we did, I can't remember, uh, the, 
you know, let's say there's 5% of those who are in market, right? In market to buy or are looking for a job actively, right? That means 95% of people aren't, right? So we should be there helping educate um, for that 95%. So when they are ready to raise their hand, um, you know, outscouts the, the place for them to, to go to naturally. Yeah. I can imagine um, because, you know, compared to the traditional staffing and recruitment firms, there's, there's very few platforms like OutScout. The challenge you'll get as a business is the more successful you, you do it is that others see that it's successful mm -hmm. and they try to do the same thing, isn't it? So, you, you, you know, you can't, you can't stay, uh, you can't stay as a, as a secret forever based on, based on your growth, but equally, you know, especially that drives innovation. It should drive um, high quality standards, isn't it? So I don't think competition is something that should be uh, feared in any way in that sense. Um, Jake, you know, been a great, been a great episode. Loads of loads of insight. I think it's a it's a fascinating um, kind of route. I think to to go down in the recruitment world. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised that um, you know we weren't talking about getting rid of humans and uh, <laughs> and introducing uh, Sky, Skynet to the uh, to the recruitment world. But um, you know, it's been really fascinating. Um, we end every show with kind of just five questions, hopefully to to get to know you a little bit better. So let's, All right. um, let's crack on with those. What's um what's your favorite brand? Okay. Um am I allowed to give two? Oh yeah, go on then. All right. So there's there's two that have been like top of mind for me recently that I've really enjoyed. Um have you heard of um uh Oh my gosh, that they're they're called Liquid Death Mountain Water. Nope. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like this, something this is, I don't want to drink. <laughs> you should you should look them up. It's 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 super interesting, and I, I think that why I like them so much is it's they 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 make water right, um, but it's all centered around a super distinct um, and unique point of view. So they basically came in and arguably what disrupted the most boring commoditized market you can imagine, right? Bottled water. But their point of view is um, death to plastic. So they've got a, there's a whole, you know, kind of um, uh, business for good aspect to it, right? But also um, that point of view drives everything they do. So like they only do canned water. Um, they're all their branding is around that. It's a little, it's, it's very in your face, very interesting. Um, and they have, literally blown up and i think they're probably everywhere at this point now you can go into stores like target whatever it would be um bars now carry it um so that's very interesting to me just because it's again i think their point of view is driven their product their their marketing everything um and they do their really unique um crazy stuff on on their website merchandise they sell it's it's very interesting they sound like I'm, I'm not sure they've made it um to this side of the atlantic yet but they they sound like a little bit of a a, a red bull uh kind of equivalent into the into the water world rather than the energy drinks world yes yeah. yes yeah cool. um yeah definitely worth a look uh, my other one um i've been really interested and this is probably more of like a, a case study and why i'm kind of interested in it but um formula one has been something that i've really gotten into recently mm -hmm. um but i i came across an article i think it was like written like mid-year this year it was like a newsletter article and it kind of just broke down um the the rise of formula one in the u.s mm -hmm. and 
Um, I don't know if you're too familiar with the case study or you follow Formula One too much, but I, I, you know, I watch, I watch Formula One. I watch, I've seen her drive to survive on Netflix. I went to the British Grand Prix uh, this year, so I, I know, I know a bit, a bit. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, I haven't been able to go yet to the the Austin um, U.S. Grand Prix, but I hope to soon. Um, but anyway, so um, they have been trying to crack the U.S. market for for years, right? Um, they got bought by a company, I believe it's called Liberty Media. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, back in, I think like 2016, 2015. Um, and then basically Liberty, to my understanding, kind of turned it into just, just giant content engine, right? So their, their strategy in play for cracking the U S market was the content series on Netflix called drive to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, this is probably very anecdotal, but I'm sure there's a lot of data to back this up too. I kid you not, any person you talk to who has become a Formula One fan um, over in the US has watched that and it's probably been the kind of start of it. So I think that just kind of speaks to, you know, the, the power of, of content and what that can do for, for a brand. And I'm sure that's very, very hard to measure, right? Yeah. Um, but um, it's definitely, you know, anecdotal and, and just super interesting because, um, well, we now have three races in the US versus just the, the one. And I, I think that the uh, US Grand Prix in Austin since Drive to Survive has been one of the most attended Formula One races across the world, which is very, very interesting. So got, got Vegas on the calendar now, isn't there? Yeah, well? Vegas and, and Miami. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just it's just very, very interesting kind of case study. And I think it just, again, the power of content, which um, as I, I mentioned, I've been very interested in um, and kind of cracking for, for OutScout. Yeah, the, the F1 traditionalists, of which I'm not, um, may say is that a lot of decisions that get made by the uh, powers that be in F1 get made for the purposes of content of that series, mm, especially especially the way the the um, the season ended uh, last year with uh, Stafford and Hamilton. But yeah, you know you can't Very you dramatic. can't help that it's um, it's you know it's entertaining. It's, it's it's great to see it take off in the in the US as well. And you know, moving moving away from just um, racing around in circles and uh, <laughs> right. and having other roads. Um, always catches people out this question what's your uh, favorite sound i love the sound of waves that might be kind of cliche i don't know but uh, i think it just speaks to my my need to to be near the beach and water i just feel at peace <laughs> are, are, there, are there many beaches in uh, in austin no zero <laughs> that's that's so that's, yeah. that's might be why though that's that's the thing is because it's not a common thing <laughs> right. you, you yearn for it i gotta get uh, my fix elsewhere yeah yeah uh you can't say your phone here because it's a, it's an easy way out but what's that little bit of tech that you couldn't kind of live without either either professionally or or you know or personally so there's a um a tool i use for um my podcast editing currently um for the for the brand um i'm not sure if you've heard of it it's called descript okay um and it's it's incredible i've it it saved me a a lot of time in terms of um editing pulling you know clips and stuff um you know one one day that that can be someone else's someone else's job but for now it's 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 mine um and descript's been really good um it it, it's got everything from so basically what it does I'll, i'll give you a quick overview um it takes like a video or audio file, right? And then transcribes it and pulls it into what I would say is like a Word document. So you can basically read all your audio. And if there's something you you want to edit out, you just highlight it, click delete, and then it cuts both the audio and video of the clip. 
Wow. It's super interesting. Yeah. It's, it's very powerful. There's a lot of, um, additional editing tools. You can make your, your voice sound much more like studio quality if you want. Um, yeah, I've just found a, a really good, like kind of one-stop shop and it's, um, for the price, like a monthly price. I can't remember the off the top of my head, but it's, it's pretty cheap relative to, you know, tech tools. Yeah. Um, so that's there'll, something there'll that, be tears I can imagine like, uh, like, like yeah. normal. I think, you know, yeah. there's plenty, there'll be plenty of people listening to this show who have, you know, who have their own podcast thinking about starting one. I think uh, you go descript guys and girls go and, go and check it out. Um, if, you know, if, if money wasn't an object and you can live the life that you always wanted to live, what, you know, what would that dream job be? Do I have to have a job if I, if uh, an right, well, well, what would you do? <laughs> what would you be um, doing? <laughs> no, I think that um, I would, I would probably always stay active to some extent, right? Um, I've always been um, kind of an avid investor um, in, in many ways. Um, I guess traditional like stocks, um, real estate and stuff has been always of interest to me. Um, so I think I'd be interested in kind of investing, but actually I'm kind of thinking about this aloud. Um, it'd be really interesting to kind of take marketing expertise and help kind of invest in businesses that might need marketing help. Um, and almost like, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking about it as like a, a, an investment or acquisition type model where I could go and, and help businesses out, invest in them and then let them, you know, go flourish, do whatever. Um, but if I were to be able to do that on a, a bigger scale and have a little like mini portfolio or something, it'd be kind of interesting. It always keep me busy, a new project going on. I could kind of work when I wanted to. And, and obviously uh, in this fantasy world, there's no risk, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, cool. I, I'm, I'm not sure we've um, we, we've sworn once in this episode, which is definitely unlike me. But um, you know, what's what what is your what is your go to go to word when you're either frustrated, need to have a go at someone, or something like that? What's your favourite swear word? I'd say shit. Yeah, easy. It's classic, yeah, it's an, it's it's an easy one. Yeah. yeah, nothing too fancy, but it, it's. It's got a, a nice utility to it. It can yeah. be used in, in many different situations. And um, yeah, I would say, I mean, that's kind of, that's probably my go-to. Yeah, cool. Excellent. And we're done and dusted for another episode. Uh, Jake, thanks so much for, for getting up early um, and, and speaking to me. Yeah, absolutely. This has been a blast. Um, I appreciate you having me on. And, and hopefully I was able to, to live up to the, the high standards that um, Daniel might have pitched to you. <laughs> uh, I think you're better than Daniel as well. So that's 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 all that matters. Um, I think um, for you know for anyone interested in Outscout, um, you know go 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 and hunt them out um, online. Um, connect with connect with Jake on LinkedIn if you want to dive in a bit more. I'm sure I'll be happy to to speak. I'll drop um, I'll drop his link LinkedIn address into the the show notes and everything. But um, I'll speak to everyone very soon. Thanks for listening.